You're listening to special bonus episode, Super Tuesday. I'm Diana Elliott, and I'm a freelance writer from Melbourne, Australia. And I'm Donald Betts, and I'm a former U.S. state senator from Kansas. We talk about hot topics relevant to Americans and Australians. What makes us different and what makes us similar? It's not the place, but a state of mind. Greenland. Hi, Donald. Hey, Diana. What's happening? <laughs> well, Super Tuesday's happening in America, and ah. I thought it would be a good opportunity for us to talk a little bit about what Super Tuesday is. In our previous bonus episode about the caucus process, you did touch on Super Tuesday, yeah. but apparently it's not only big, but it's very influential in deciding the outcome of the Democratic nomination process. Yeah. So give us a kind of like a dummy's guide to the Super Tuesday Okay, well, Super Tuesday refers to the Tuesday in a presidential election when uh, the largest number of states and territories hold a presidential preference primary, Mm -hmm. or what we call a caucus. Mm -hmm. In 2020, Super Tuesday will be uh, held on March 3rd, and uh, there are 15 jurisdictions. So we've had Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina, but in, in Super Tuesday... There will be 15 additional states to join the fold, and that's Alabama, American Samoa, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, and Virginia. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Democrats abroad will also begin its caucuses and and voting on March 3rd and concludes on March 10th. Mm -hmm. So this week coming up, uh, this Super Tuesday week, all the way up until March 10th, uh, you get Democrats abroad and then the 15 states that I mentioned. With both California and Texas, the two most populous states in the United States, they're holding their primaries on Super Tuesday. Approximately 40% of the U.S. population has a primary event on March 3rd. Wow. In total, one 1,344 pledged delegates, 34% of all pledged delegates are at stake. So can you explain what pledged delegates means? So these are folks that after the, the caucuses, they come out as the victor or they will they will carry the vote to the convention. So these are pledged delegates that will come to the convention mm-hmm. and deliver their vote for the presumptive nominee of the Democratic uh, presidential election. And you were once a pledged delegate. I was a pledged delegate under during the Kerry time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in Boston, which is amazing. I mean, the Democratic National Convention is a phenomenal place. I, I first met and heard President Obama's uh, famous speech in that in in Boston, Massachusetts. They have balls and galas and fundraisers for different candidates, down ballot candidates. It's a remarkable process. So a big party, basically. A huge party. (laughs) And it's a time for, you know, you've watched all of this division between the Democratic Party happen. Mm -hmm. It's a time for now the Democrats will come together, break bread, Mm -hmm. and leave out of that convention united, Mm -hmm. ready to take on uh, whoever's in the general, Mm -hmm. which this year, in case, as Donald Trump and Mike, Mike Pence. So, Donald, with the pledged delegates, are they generally party members of some particular standing? I mean, who was a typical delegate? You've been one, but... Well, I, and as a state senator, I was the African-American uh, chairman mm-hmm. of the Democratic 
party in the Senate. So it just you're you're a pledge delegate if you're a governor, a state senator, some elected official, some party faithful like okay. a uh, the Democratic chairperson of the of the state, mm-hmm. someone who holds some type of higher power, a, a U.S. senator or uh, a state congressman or a congressperson that from the state of Kansas or any other state. So you you gather these elected officials, these leaders, these party faithfuls, and they end up becoming your pledge delegates and your superdelegates. The superdelegates are it's usually the governor or some higher office person, mm-hmm. uh, and they, they carry that role as superdelegate who mm-hmm. can then make the final decision for the pledge delegates. Okay. So the pledge delegates, I heard a news report say that that's in Bernie Sanders' favour. So far. Okay. So... That these is it the fifteen states that are going to be voting on Super Tuesday are looking like Bernie states? Is that what they why they would say that? Or no, they're just saying that uh, from from when you do the math, like Kevin Miles mentioned earlier, you know we have the math in our favor. So uh-huh. if uh, these pledge delegates come out of these, you know Bernie came in second in South Carolina, so mm-hmm. he's also brought some some delegates with him. Yeah. Across the nation, if Bernie continues to accumulate these delegates, you'll add them up at the I end see. of the day. And whoever has the most at the end mm-hmm. of the day, who have, who have met the, the threshold that the Democratic Party has set, mm-hmm. and whoever has something over that threshold, they become the presumptive nominee. But then the superdelegates can still make a decision to override the the delegates. But with this division and how contentious this race has been so far, I don't believe that, I I believe the superdelegates are going to stick to the rules Mm -hmm. and support the candidate that the people have chosen. Okay. So are you going to participate in the Democrats Abroad? Well, I am a member of the Democrats Abroad. Yeah. But I think, uh, and I will participate as much as possible. In fact, on March 5th, there's a a, a panel, a a debate panel that I'll serve on Mm -hmm. at Melbourne University. And we'll get the details out and put it on the... And so is that a is that a caucus a formal caucus like you you get in your corners and someone will go to Bernie and someone will go to Biden? No, no so okay. this will just be a one hour. We'll talk a oh. little bit about the the election uh, from different differing views. You mm-hmm. have a conservative, mm-hmm. uh, then you have a moderate like myself, or you know whatever you want to call me, mm-hmm. former Democratic senator, and then you have U.S. correspondent who is um, who has reported on on the news in in the U.S. but. The Democrats abroad will be there. The Republicans abroad campaign chair people will be there. So if you're interested in either learning more on how to volunteer or or if you're an American citizen and you want to vote in this election, this will be a good time to show up and, uh, and, and, and meet and speak to a lot of these folks. So just to be clear, the Super Tuesday is there's 15 states that are having their caucuses. It's the process that you had described so well in our other bonus episodes. Mm. If you haven't listened to that, check it out, about the actual caucus itself. And the out of that will come the greatest number of delegates yep. emerging from there. And those delegates will go on to the Democratic Convention in July, yep. around about July, where the Democratic nominee will finally be sort of victorious mm. and elected and that will then will then know who's going to go up against Trump. Yeah. So right now, after the the Iowa, New Hampshire, and Nevada caucuses, Bernie Sanders still sits at 
the top with 45. Pete Even Buttigieg. with South Carolina, because Biden came out strongly there, didn't well, he? Well, the, um, the numbers haven't yet released for South Carolina, but after the Nevada caucuses, Bernie was up by 45. Joe was at 15. Mm -hmm. So his numbers will increase. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get those final numbers as they roll in. It's a tight one. Mm -hmm. It's a tight one. And it looks like it just may be Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders at the top of the ticket. Are there any states that we should be particularly watching in this Super Tuesday that are indicative of what the outcome might be? I would really look at California. I mean, mm -hmm. California has the most of mm -hmm. the delegates. Mm -hmm. And Texas, Texas is another big state. And it'd be interesting to see what some of the territories like America Samoa will do. Mm. Uh, let's, I would love to see who America Samoa selects in this race. How, who have they been pre previously? Previously, uh, President Obama, okay. you know, lean Democrat. Bit more uh, moderate. Little more yeah. moderate, very religious, yep. very uh, Christian-based mm. uh, territory. So we'll see Democrats, how the Democrats feel on, on that on that level. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, climate change will be a, a, a big issue for them mm, because yeah. they're on an island. That's right. I have been to so. Samoa. It's a beautiful place. Definitely get there while, while it's still afloat. <laughs> okay. So we'll keep an eye out for the big states. So I would honestly say that California will be the state to look out for. It's mm -hmm. it's the largest state in America uh, with the biggest economy, one of the biggest economies in the world. It's It leans Democrat. Mm -hmm. So that's a tester. That's a, That will be a determining factor in this election. And that's who will deliver the most uh, pledged delegate votes. Okay. And we're excited to have on our, our normal episode this week, two of your expat Comrades from yes. America now living in Australia, one of whom Paul is hails from California. That's right. And he's going to give us some insights about what, what life's like on the ground there. Not in San Francisco, not in the big cities. Paul Sinos from NALA, the North American Australian Lawyers Alliance. Did I get that right? You got it. So he'll be giving us some great insights along with Vice President of NALA, Cindy, as well. <laughs> We got that breaking news, Ooh. you know, yeah, that uh, Pete Buttigieg is suspending his campaign, dropped oh. out of the race. Wow. I guess he need, he just doesn't have the money to continue. So it just goes to show that you need a millions and millions of dollars. He might get a loan from uh, Bloomberg or Steiner. <laughs> Steiner dropped out, so maybe he can, you know, <laughs> put their money pots together. <laughs> yeah. But what, I mean, I'm interested, what happens now that Mayor Pete or any of the ones who have dropped out, the campaign donations that have been sent to them along the way, what happens to that money that's left over? Well, it just stays in his campaign war chest because oh, he has really? to report on those. You know, you don't send all of that money back. I mean, but okay. he, he can use it for to support other candidates. Can he? Okay. Yeah, so he'll maybe endorse a candidate. Pete is very, I mean, even though he's dropped out, he's very, a very formidable person because uh, whoever he endorses is is great because all of that support from Pete mm -hmm. will then go to the person he endorses. Yeah. Or would hope that if he speaks good words of that person, mm. that his supporters will then go on and support. Uh, he will come out and say something like, you know what? We couldn't do it under my race. Mm -hmm. We could not win. I could not be your, your representative, your future president. But... I want you to join me in supporting X. Who do you think he'll go behind? Probably Bernie. Because Bernie really? mentioned in the last yeah. uh, campaign that, hey, Pete, you 
some of your policies were my policies, and I have you on record as saying that yeah. you support me. Okay. He did, actually. did his, yeah. his essay at yeah, college, right. didn't he? He oh. sure did. And so you, I mean, one that. thing, I, I was always a bit of a Mayor Pete fan, but I must admit you were being supportive of his, his particular and unique gifts, but mm. the main criticism leveled at Mayor Pete is, A, he doesn't have a lot of experience beyond South Bend where he was mayor, but most Trump didn't have any political experience. No, him. that's yeah. true. But he doesn't have age on his side either. He's, true. he's, but also that he just had no appeal at all to the black vote. What's your take on that? Do you think that's accurate? I think that I think it is, and I think Pete recognizes that. Mm. And I think this was a good vetting lesson for him. Yeah. Moving forward, he'll be more aware. I mean, if you don't know, if you don't know, you don't know. No. Right. And he's learned now. He knows that uh, in the future, if he runs for some political office, he's going to really have to consider all Americans because mm-hmm. America is very diverse. Yep. It's not just like South Bend. I mean, he's going to have to reach out if he wants to go national office. Yep. And then with Pete also, I don't know if America is just quite ready for a gay president. Uh, and I think that is... That also worked against him, mm. especially when you get to the South. Uh, it's, it's the Bible belt and, and the Midwest is the buckle. And if you can't pull those states, that's a problem. Even though I find that maybe there's some hypocritical sentiments mm. around in that area. But to come out and say, I'm going to support Pete and mm. some of these states will ostracize you and, you know, people will paint you with a broad brush. But I think Pete isn't. An inspiration for many young people mm-hmm. uh, across the nation. He's done a lot better than I think most people expected he would, hasn't he? I he mean, has. he hasn't disgraced himself no, by any he imagination. Hasn't. Very honorable, very respectful. And I think he, I'm sure that Pete Buttigieg has a future yeah. in American oh, politics. Oh, God, he's, he's going to be huge, isn't he? I mean, he considering is. he's only 37. Yeah. And I think he did get criticized where before his, his speaking style was quite, <laughs> did lull me into like this. Robotic. Well, it's more, I've, I actually found it quite. Hypnotic. I mean, I was kind of like mesmerized by it. I think because we're so used to hearing Trump just with a completely different way of speaking, yes. and then Pete sort of intonates in the way that Obama did. But his critics, his, his critics would say that it's so rehearsed. It's yeah. so like Obama could carry it off because it was just sort of the way yeah. he did things. That's right. And he had such charisma, whereas Pete, it seems like it's more um, practiced. Yeah, I think he's just trying to find his feet. He'll get yeah. there. Yeah, he'll get there. So see you, Pete. Thanks for playing. I mean, we'll see you soon. I mean, sure, he has, uh, Mm. he'll be in the cabinet if if a Democrat wins. You'd expect so, wouldn't you? Oh, he'll be on the board of McKinsey. Or something. (laughs) He'll be a billionaire the next time he runs, I'm (laughs) sure. So thanks for listening to our special episode on Super Tuesday. And keep watch for our next episode nine coming out about expats living in Australia. It's a good one. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much for listening to us today on Greenland. If you'd like to become a Greenlander, visit greenlandthepodcast.com and follow the links to subscribe. We'd also really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on your chosen podcast listening app. That really helps us to kind of percolate to the top and to also get a nice little bit of feedback from you guys. If you'd like to send us an email, you'll find uh, links to contact us on our webpage as well. So thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week. Thank you.